Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Malthouse Games Podcast. My name is Delton. I'll be your host as usual, and with me is my lovely wife and yellow player, Haley. Though today I kind of look like a hot mess in my jimmy jams. Just we're, got back from a walk. We're both in our jammies. It is Sunday morning at 9.22 a.m. This episode comes out today at noon because it's been a heck of a two weeks of just busy and then also trying to rest. <laughs> yes, I feel like I've either been going 100 miles per hour or zero miles per hour. And like uh, yesterday, I went to a training. So I did a training in the morning, but I went to a training in the afternoon on treating chronic pain from a therapy perspective. And it talked about, you know, pacing, where if you have chronic pain, we can't go like 95 miles per hour because then we're going to crash for three days and then go 95 miles per hour. But if you like pace at 50 miles per hour, you're going to be much more productive. And I feel like I need to take that to heart because like the last two weeks, we've either been travel, 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 busy, 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 go to Tulsa, da, 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 da. Or I am going to crash for two days and sleep for 48 hours straight. And then I got to rush, 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 prepare this presentation. Got 145 slides to write. And I'm going to sleep for 12 hours. So I feel like the next couple of weeks, I'm going to try and pace myself a bit more, be a little more present because I have been flying. Yeah, we've just had a lot of stuff going on. And so anytime we got that free moment of breathing, we just accepted it and said, I'm going to sit here and let myself doze in and out. Yes, basically. <laughs> and tried not to not to just keep going and pushing it and pushing it because, yeah, just exhausting. We've had have had a good couple of weeks. Like we said, we went to Tulsa. Our friends Zach and Sarah had a little baby yep. a few weeks ago. We got to stay with them. And I took the toddler to the park and ran around like crazy because that's my speed. And Delton helped Sarah to do some cleaning around the house. Yep. We also got some really good vegan food and got to watch Wreck-It Ralph and just had a grand old time. We did. Wreck-It Ralph was fun. I hadn't watched that before. And then this last weekend, we were going to go hiking, but I woke up Saturday feeling very lethargic and my body was saying, I think you need the rest. So we ended up staying home and that weekend we just had a chill weekend at home, did a couple of grocery runs, filed a police report, went for a run and just chilled out. Yeah, we had a crazy driver in the neighborhood that was acting very sporadically and suspiciously. And so Haley called it in and said, hey, there's somebody driving really weird in our neighborhood. And we ended up talking to the cop that was coming to look. And I don't think I don't know if anything came of it, but it was strange. And also we have a lot of kids that play in the neighborhood and people walking pets like don't drive like an idiot. We try not to be like those people like I'm going to call the cops. But this person was going like 65 in a residential. Well, driving on the wrong side of the road, stopping in the middle of the road, backing up, getting out of their car, peeling out like something was. Nobody, somebody wasn't sober. Whenever you take off squealing tires and when you stop, you slam your brakes and we can smell the burning rubber from it all. There's a problem in a neighborhood, a residential family neighborhood. So, yeah. yeah. So I don't think that's being a Karen. That's just being like, there's something going something's on here. Something's going on. And then on top of that, we found a discarded phone with the, it had a wallet <laughs> on the back with a Colorado driver's license. We're like, oh my God. What did we just walk into? Crazy driver, discard a phone, but turns out the phone was unrelated. It was somebody visiting a neighbor. So, yeah. But it was a wild and crazy day. And then I slept. That's been Haley trying to get her to sleep more. Yeah. I still get up earlier, except for today. Today we slept in, which I think we needed because last night it was 9 30 and I was falling asleep. I had a good day yesterday. I did my did. three hour presentation on assessing religiosity in clients. And then worked the rest of the afternoon and had Jim Wynn and Cody over last night to watch our last stupid movie from Stupid Movie Day. And I woke up this morning bright, shiny, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, ready to record a podcast, host a baby shower, and buy some more groceries. I got to record a podcast and edit a podcast and edit last one's video and edit this one's video and actually do all of it today because I've been just not in a headspace and I need <laughs> to sit and do it. And so that's my goal today is to knock all of that out and get everything done at a timely fashion. 
And yeah, that's my plan today. It's going to work out. I think so. I don't think there's anything else that we have had going on. But we do have something awesome coming up. Yes, we've got two things we want to talk about uh, before we get into the game of the episode. Uh, First of all is on the second weekend of fall break, which is March 17th through 19th, there is TokenCon in Oklahoma City. It's our small local board game convention. We went to the first year. We helped out the second year. The third year was where we couldn't go because we were on a trip. I think they skipped the, what would have normally been the fourth because mm-hmm. of COVID. And then they're doing it again this year now. And so we're going. We're going to be running the opening ceremonies, which is, I don't remember if it's 30 minutes or an hour. It's 30 minutes. 30 minute opening ceremony. And uh, on Friday night and then Saturday night, we are doing a board game roast before the after dark, like adults only hour or multiple hours. Come prepared to hear some roasts as well as feel free to bring some roasts of your own. Yes. And then on Sunday, Haley is doing her uh, Psychology of Rage Quitting presentation. Yay! So we're doing some stuff for the con. I'm also taking, uh, you can kind of see stacks of games if you're watching the Patreon video, if it's edited and out. Uh, I'm taking all my cold games. They have a flea market, and I signed up to be one of the 20, I think they're only doing 20 sellers. I signed up to be one of the sellers. I've got my games. I've got Brian's games he's trying to sell. Uh, I'm going to get that all together, prices and things like that, and going to be hopefully selling some games, which will be really nice to get out of the house and just kind of not have them here on my floor anymore. And I'm thinking about adding a few more to it, but I got to go through the shelves and think on it. We have that coming up. And then we also have a Kickstarter that we're going to shout out here on the podcast. Why is that, Haley? Because I have been asked to be the mental health consultant on this Kickstarter. So it is a Kickstarter. Do you have it pulled up there? Uh, I had it pulled up. I can grab it real fast. So the Kickstarter is by Luca Brave, and Luca is doing a RPG called How to Survive a Haunting, a mental health uh, LARPing game. And so what the premise is, is you are acting as a caretaker and who comes into contact with demons, and the demons are supposed to replicate PTSD symptoms. And I had a conversation with Luca, and Luca said, you know, they really enjoy mental health-themed games. They really enjoy mental health-themed board games, but for them... Their mental health struggle was more of hell on earth. It was more of, I have to get power over my demons, power over my flashbacks, power over my coping strategies. And so what they wanted to do was create a RPG that allows you to fight the demons, learn coping strategies, learn distress tolerance skills, learn grounding skills, uh, decrease your anxiety uh, related to these memories and these flashbacks and really gain power and control over these symptoms. And so they wanted to replicate that in the game. And so they've asked to hire me to be the mental health consultant to make sure that, you know, everything's rep- represented in, a, in an ethical way, in a sensitive way. But it's it's really a passion project for them. I'm very excited to hopefully be a part of it if it funds, fingers crossed. But uh, we can uh, post this on our Twitter page as well if anybody's interested in it. Uh, it is ghosts, not demons. Oh, demons. I'm, uh, ghosts. I'm sorry. Yeah, they have ghosts on here. Yeah, it says there's a ghost inside your body. Uh just talks about, you know, uh, ghosts can be tamed. It says you can grow and sing and dance and breathe and live in a body that is plagued. The ghosts do not have to be banished. They may live alongside you in your life and in your mind, but you need not fear them. Ghosts can be calmed. Ghosts can be kind. Uh, your body is a home and your ghosts uh, will always be with you. And so it's just, yeah, really interesting. But uh, like he said, it's on Kickstarter now, active, how to survive a haunting, an RPG on surviving and thriving with trauma. I really like these. Like we talked in the last time's episode, you know, when it comes to trauma, like trauma, we don't necessarily, like getting better doesn't necessarily mean we have no reactions. It means we, we learn how to accommodate and live alongside of it. 
And I think this is going to be a good representation of that as well. And I'm, I'm really excited to be a part of it. Thank you, Luca, for reaching out and asking me to be involved. And we're, we're going to fund or I guess uh, contribute ourselves and hope that it funds. Yep, yep. I have backed it and I will share it to the Discord and share it on social media so everybody knows that, hey, this thing's coming out and uh, just should be a really cool project. And I'm excited to see uh, as long as it funds, I want to see, you know, how it how it comes out and listen to you as you, you know, work with them and uh, do all the consulting work. And you can say this, I really like this stuff, blah, 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 because you've already talked positively about it. So and it looks like they're coming at it with a correct perspective, like a, a, a non non issue filled, yeah, <laughs> you know. I- and I get like for them, like they've said they, you know, it's it's their experience that not necessarily trying to replicate, but they come at it from, you know, this is something that I've worked on and is a, a really a empowerment angle is what they seem to be going with it. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. So I'm excited. You should be. But yeah, so there's that. That's super cool. Uh, the last thing before we get into the games, I'm going to go ahead and give a shout out to our awesome Patreon patrons. Thank you so much to Alan, Jennifer, and Cliff for backing at the level in which you get shouted out on the podcast. Thank you to all our other awesome Patreon patrons that back at all the other different levels. If you want to be like them, you can go to patreon.com slash malthousegames and check out all the tier levels uh, and all the stuff like that. It's all very basic, but that's okay. That's okay. Oh, last thing, we probably better talk about our drinks. We'll do that before we dive in. Uh, Today, it's a Sunday morning. I'm not drinking beer at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday morning, so we took a little drive to go to Aspen Coffee, which is one of our preferred uh, coffee places here in Edmond. They're actually out of Stillwater, where Haley got her bachelor's. Heck yeah. They roast the beans locally, I think in Stillwater, right? Yes, they do. Uh, by Fast Eddie. There you go, by Fast Eddie. Uh, yeah, established in 1994, it says. Stillwater, Oklahoma. Um, they have two locations in Edmond and three locations in Stillwater? Yes, they do. Uh, it's probably our favorite local coffee. It's just always good. Uh, I like to get the Irish cream latte with oat milk. I think oat milk is the superior milk for lattes. That's my opinion. And I like to get the same thing, but with vanilla, because I'm basic. Yeah, Irish cream's just my favorite. It's so good. Mm-hmm. I love it. But they make a fantastic latte. Highly recommend it. It's not bitter. It's not too sweet. I don't know. I love it. But uh, good lattes, good coffee. Try to support your local roasters and local coffee shops if you can. Uh, it helps them out a lot, and it's delicious. Absolutely. All right, let's move to the game. Oh, here's the door. It's straight ahead. It's it's a game. So the game for today is going to be a very simple game, probably a short talk on it, but it is one that I've talked about before, and I thought uh, we have a whole reason to this, which you'll see, which you probably read in the title. A method to the madness. Yes, but today's game is Ole Guacamole. This is a small word-based party game that I played at BGGCon when we were at Isaac's house and absolutely loved being the type of game even that I normally would not like. But it was really fun. Ole Guacamole is published by Scorpion Mask, or is it Le Scorpion Mask? Yes, Le Scorpion Mask. Uh, it is designed by Guillama Sandance. It is published by Christian LeMay. Creative director is Manuel Sanchez. Graphic designer slash illustrator is Sebastian Bezos. Translation is Matthew Legault. And proofreading is Tina Wayland. This is a really simple game. The rulebook is a little avocado-shaped thing, double-sided, three little bitty pages. Uh, The way the game plays is so easy, it even has the instructions on the back of the box. It's your turn. I just said the word guacamole. Quick, say a word connected to mine that doesn't contain any of the visible letters. Great, now you know how to play. And that's pretty much how you play the game. 
it's really simple. The way it's going to work is somebody has a word, and then they, they say a word. They draw a card, like I'm holding a card that has an R on it. That card goes on the table. The next player, according to the rules, has 12 seconds, I think it is, to say a word relating to guacamole that doesn't use an R, such as avocado. Boom, easy peasy. Then they draw, or I guess the next player draws another letter. So let's say it's this O. Now there's an R and an O. They have to say a word relating to avocado. Chip. Chip. Yeah, that'd probably be fine. Uh, Wait, so I'm really bad at this game, it turns <laughs> out. Seed. Okay, yeah, seed's probably better. So she would say seed. And then the next player would draw a new card. Uh, I'm trying to find a different letter. There's an S, R, S, N, O. And they have to say something related to seed. Apple. There you go, Apple, and you go around the table. There's a few cards like Target where you pick which player goes next rather than having to go. There's also skip a player, and there's reverse turn order as well. Um, and there's also two times where you have to use two words, and that's the entire game. You're going to do that. If somebody cannot come up with an, uh, a word within the 12 seconds or a reasonable time if you don't want to use a timer, uh, if they cannot come up with a word or use a word that contains one of the letters they take all the letter cards in front of them and then they start with a new word and progress from there if they uh, at the end of the game the player with the least amount of letter cards in front of them is going to be the winner my favorite thing is the very last turn of the game whoever pulls the final card from the deck and they have to say a word if they get it right all the uh, letter cards out there they disperse as evenly as possible across to the other player so even if you didn't take any you might take like one or two at the end, depending. But that's the entire game. It's so simple. It's so easy. And it was surprisingly fun. At first, I wasn't sure. But there's one thing to me that kicks this game up a notch. First of all, it's a super fast game. It plays, the box says 15 minutes. I think you play a game probably faster than that, depending on how much you're actually using a timer. But my favorite rule is that you cannot reuse words. So if we played a game and Haley says, somebody says animal and Haley says cat, we cannot use cat if kitten is a word next time, like later in the game or something. But here's the big kicker. That makes sense. Super easy, right? But my favorite thing about it is that it, you can't use words that were used in previous games of Ole Guacamole the same day. So if you play it, what we were doing is we had literally a sheet where we were writing every word that was said. They would say the word. We would write it down. Then the next player would go. And so by the time we were playing the third or fourth game, we had just this massive list of words. And what's fun is it makes you have to rethink things. If somebody says, uh, you know, if somebody starts off with dog and then somebody says bark and then somebody says tree, it's like, okay, you know, because you can do that in the rules. Or if somebody says bark, you can take that in whatever path you want. Same with C. Somebody says, oh, C, you could say I or ocean. That's fine, depending on the letters, of course. But what I loved is if somebody said dog and then bark and then tree, the next game, someone says puppy, you could say like woof, and you could say, uh, uh, you couldn't Retriever. say, you couldn't say tree, but you could say something else, right? So it makes you think about the words, which means the later games, as far like the more and more games you play, the more difficult it becomes, and the further you have to reach to find these different words or different ways to approach it. And I think that that just made it fantastic, just because it was, I don't know, it was so much fun to not be able to say these simple words that we were all going for and having to kind of dig deep in our brains. Uh, it's really fun, but that's that's the entire game. It's so simple. It's easy. It's like if you don't want to take the box, literally just take these cards, poke it in your bag, and boom, you have a full game that you can take and play with 
How many people does this thing hold? Two to eight individuals. Uh, two players, it's fine. When you've got like, I think four or five is probably the prime number because it's not too many people. So you're not waiting forever for your turn, um, even though it's pretty quick. But four or five people especially, but it plays a lot. It plays also a few. It's a really good, simple, cheap, affordable travel game that I recommend. And it's really interesting to see or have an understanding of people's mental maps too. Yeah. Like how did you get from uh, avocado to chip? Or how did you get from avocado to, uh, I don't know, flesh? Mm-hmm. Like what, what goes on in your brain? I mean, it, it, logically it all makes sense. But here's the thing. I'm really bad at this game. <laughs> she is. For, for having such a massive vocabulary, like Haley's vocabulary is miles above mine. But it's funny because I feel like you struggle more to make random connections. Yes, I think you know? so. Yeah. And, and so I end up saying the same word over and over again or saying a word that clearly has all the P's I'm not allowed to say. <laughs> right, all the letters. But even then, I, I enjoyed it a lot, even though Delton completely kicked my butt in this game. I enjoyed it a lot and would like to play it again. Yeah, playing it with a, like four, four or five people, it's the prime spot for it. Very much worth it. Super easy game. Highly recommend. But... There's a reason we picked such a simple game for this episode of the podcast, and we're going to dive into that in the topic. Hey, what can I get you? I'd like a topic. Any special way? Make it a top shelf topic. Coming up. Enjoy. So the topic for today comes to you from Andrew. Andrew. Thank you. Thank you. you. <laughs> thank you, Andrew, for this goofy idea for a topic that I was just dismissed dismissive dismissive of and Haley was like we should do it oh my god my god I got and just dove into it so I loved it so here we are the topic for today is tornado games yes so Andrew reached out to Delton uh, earlier this week whenever we had tornado warnings we had tornadoes north and south of us we were okay our house was okay everything was okay our families were okay but so thank you so much for checking on us and thank you so much for yes. this wonderful topic yes because he, we were kind of chatting about it for a second and he said that you we should do a podcast on uh, games appropriate to play in the bathtub. Yes, I know that like other states do have tornadoes, and so some yeah. might be familiar with a lot of this, but there's kind of a tornado culture in Oklahoma. Heavily. Heavily. I mean, the first, we've talked about this, the first super popular IPA in Oklahoma was called F5, which F5 is the highest classification for a tornado speed, like devastating tornado. I don't know how they determine that. It's, wind speed. Is it enough wind speed? F5 is the worst tornado you can get, uh, and so that was the name of the first big popular craft beer in Oklahoma that just like exploded on the scene whenever that happened. Yes, remember, but... that was in 2013, 2012, 2013. Okay, but you see a ton. You see all kinds of companies named after the speeds of tornadoes, all kinds of companies that are like just somehow referencing a tornado. We're also the, the filming location for Twister, the yes. 90s movie. Yes, there was a lot of that filmed in Oklahoma out, was it east? Uh, north. North? Yeah. There you go. And so... We thought it'd be a great topic to cover. I thought it'd be a great topic to cover uh, because it was, one, relevant and timely because yeah. we are in, getting into tornado season right now. Yep. But uh, two, I think we have lots of games that kind of fit this theme. And so we wanted to kind of break this up, one into bathtub games and one into cellar games. And so bathtub games, so let's say you're like us, you don't have a tornado shelter. What Gary England and uh, Mike Morgan and David Payne tell you to do is go put on your tornado helmet and go sit in the bathtub. Because usually the bathrooms are the most center places of the house. They have the most support. Usually. You're usually away from windows, not yep. in our case. But uh, you go sit in your bathtub. So the first set, we're going to talk about bathtub games. The second one, we're going to talk about 
games where everybody's in the shelter. Because, like, for example, our next-door neighbor, Sherry, she has a shelter. And she invites us over. And so you never know who you're going to be or who you're going to be with in your neighbor's shelter. It could be your neighbor. It could be your neighbor three houses away. It could be their great-great-grandmother they went and got. It could be, you know, five to six of their nephews and their dogs. Like, you are in a very tight 15 by 15 space, maybe 15 to 20 of your closest and furthest neighbors and relatives and all that jazz. And so we want to talk about two distinct categories of tornado hiding. Yes, because it is. It's very different. Um, like Haley was saying, they always tell you interior room away from windows, bathroom specifically if is better. And I think that's just because bathrooms tend to have more supportive walls around them in the bathtub and all With that stuff. With your bicycle helmet on. Yeah. But we, we don't really have a great room for all of that, but our neighbor, like she says, has a shelter. But yes. Yeah, so the first little area we talked about picking was bathtub games, like Haley said. And most of the time, if you're in a bathtub, there's two people, maybe three, if you have a young kid or a smaller child. But it's usually like two people get in their bathtub. So we tried to pick things that two people could play, even if it may not be the best for two. They don't need a lot of space to play. You could play on the edge of the tub or down underneath you. And it's something to take your mind off of everything because tornadoes are scary. They are scary. I don't know if you've ever seen anything of a tornado going through a city. It's horrifying. Uh, and Oklahoma's been through a lot of that. So the first games we put on here, which where did we put Ole Guacamole? Ole Guacamole is going to be in the second part. Yeah, we'd need more room for that, wouldn't you? All the letter cards. So in the first part, we have uh, a game called Bag Chaw, which I've talked about. It is a Nepalese game? Yes. Yes, a Nepalese game from Nepal. And it's the one that uh, Limery Games, I believe it is, did the uh, Kickstarter to help like revive it and put a version out. You can buy it from their website. It's literally a little bag. And the little bag has uh, the rule book, which is, you know, you don't really need after you read it. It's got this little cloth mat. And some little tokens, and that's it. You could play it right underneath you. You could probably play it on a wide part of the side of your tub, depending on how big your tub is, on the seat of the, like, the lid of the toilet. You put the lid down, depending. Really small game, super simple abstract game. Uh, one of the things we talked about that we needed for this was you also want something that doesn't take a ton of reading. Yes. So that's something to keep in mind here is some of these games, like Love Letter for two people that we have on the list in the bathtub, we could do that because we know Love Letter well enough that if we don't have sufficient light or low lighting through a lantern or some candles or something, we could still make it work. So that's something to be kept in mind. Yeah, I think that really criteria for the bathtub games, at least, are uh, it doesn't require a lot of light just in case you lose your light. Uh, it doesn't require a lot of talking because you got to hear Mike Morgan screaming at you over the weather radio. And uh, they have to be ones that you're okay with getting damaged if you need to make a run for it. Yes. Uh, and also, they have to be ones that don't take up a lot of space because you're in a bathtub with your closest significant other. Exactly. So, Bogchal, you can actually play with any tokens. You don't need the ones in the box. So, you could even grab a handful of coins and be like, all the pennies are goats, the nickels are wolves. That way, you don't have to try to look and say, wait, is that mine or yours? You know just by the size of the coin or the th thickness, whatever. So, that one's super simple. Love Letter, uh, it's not the best game for just two people. But it works with two, and it's an easy game. You don't have to have cubes. You literally just have the cards to play. Super simple game. Not a whole lot you have to do going on there. Uh, Scout, if you don't deal with the money, just kind of keep track in your head if you can. Scout's just playing some cards. Like, you got a hand of cards, you play something down, people pick up, you pick up the cards. Super small, really easy. It can actually work for both situations. Yes. But Scout is a simple one from Oink Games, which we've talked about. And so for the, the games for the shelter, we had some different criteria as well. because. When it comes to the shelter, you have to keep in mind, you're going to be sitting with maybe close friends and also maybe people you have never seen in your entire life. 
you might be sitting with, because uh, I remember the last time we went, like we're hanging out in Sherry's garage to go in her shelter. This was, I think back in 2014, it was Sherry, uh, her son. It was our neighbors across the street, their elderly mother, Sherry's elderly mother, and like three people I had never seen before in my entire life. We're just like chilling out in her garage, watching David Payne point at the at the Oklahoma map, just waiting to go into the shelter. I had no idea who half these people were. And also it's a very big age range. I don't want to bring something that's offensive. I wouldn't want to bring something that uh, will cause strife in that 15 by 15 room. And I also, we want to bring something that uh, people can hear the weather radio over because 15 people in a little bitty room, that's going to be a, a noisy place. I'm going to point out a 15 by 15 shelter would be massive. That would be massive. Sherry's, Sherry's, is, no. Sherry's is like five by eight. It's little. No, I think hers is a little bit bigger. No, really? It's pretty small. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty small. I think ours growing up was like 15 by 15 at Grandma B's house. I'm jealous because ours ours growing up was maybe a 10 by 10. Your, maybe. Your mom's is huge. Well, the one now, they have a basement. Yeah. So they have an actual like, finished basement with air conditioning and electricity. So that makes it nice. But the old house, we had the old style. You open the door, walk down. It was maybe a 10 by 10. It always smelled the same. But it worked. The kind of shelter that gave me nightmares as a kid after watching Twister and the dad get sucked up by a tornado and everybody's trying to hold the door closed. Correct. Yeah. That's why you get in before the tornado hits. That's why you don't just hold it closed yourself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> did, you know, did I ever tell a story about my grandpa being sucked up by a tornado? You told me before. Probably yeah. then, but go ahead. Yeah. Whenever I was, I think about five or six, uh, grandpa went out to go close the barn doors and he actually got sucked up by a tornado and... He woke up on the ground like a few hours later, and a couple years after that, we were digging a hole out by the uh, barn, and we actually found his glasses because he lost them that day. Yeah. That's one of the fascinating things about the human body that I, I remember watching this. There was used to be, I don't know if it was Discovery Channel or the Science Channel, but somewhere there used to be a show that was talking about like the miraculous things the human body could do, and one of them was that human bones are as strong as concrete when you're unconscious. Because when you're conscious, you're putting tension, your muscles are, you're, you're bracing against things, you're doing stuff, and that actually provides weak spots. Your bones can't flex like they should a little. And so in a tornado, if you're knocked unconscious and thrown around by a tornado, you're likely, I mean, you'll be bruised and probably maybe cut up some, but you're not going to, mo most likely not going to have like broken bones because there's no tension on them. You're just letting it happen and your bones can withstand a ton of force when you're not putting resistance to it. And I thought that was fascinating. Let's go noodle. If Basically, it's really hard to think, though. If you imagine doing that and you're like, ah, oh, calm. <laughs> it's just, it's not going to happen. You can't just command absolute calmness. What are you talking I just, about? I, I command calmness every day of my life. God damn it. Um, okay, so into a shelter. Uh, most likely the shelter is pretty small, but most of the time, I'm going to say most of the time in a shelter, you've got no more than like six people on average for the average size shelter. So you have a little bit of room to work, but there's also situations where uh, like at UCO, everybody goes to the basement of the library, which is big. It's like a big storm shelter thing, right? So there are situations where you're going to be in a bigger space with more people. So for those, we did have one that you would have to have space for, but it would be good for the kids and kind of good, I think, for people to have something to watch, which is Happy Salmon in the silent version. So Happy Salmon is where you've got a deck of cards. One of them is like high five and you're supposed to you know, say high five high five until somebody else says high five and you kind of do it and you're like, oh, you both have high five? You both high five, you get to get rid of that card. Well, there's a silent version where you don't say anything, but you make the motions, high five and fist bump and happy salmon and, and whatnot and like switch places, whatever. And the silent version we found is actually very fun 
and weird, but it's something that you could let the kids do to try to get their mind off of uh, mind off of it or adults because we found it fun. Because I think that that's an important thing to keep in mind too. Like when it comes to these games, like not only is it trying to pass the time, but can also be something to keep our mind off things. Because if we think about it, if we're just paying attention to the weather, we're paying attention to the noises. If we're paying attention to you know whatever Mike Morgan is saying, our anxiety is going to increase. And whenever we're playing games like this, can I give like a little psychology lesson? Go for it. The following spiel is not medical advice. The following spiel is for education purposes only. If you have questions about your mental health, refer to your own therapist. Don't refer to this caffeinated little goober. So we have the amygdala, which is the emotion part of our brain. So whenever we're anxious, whenever we're upset, the amygdala is activated. Da, 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 da. It's inversely related to the prefrontal cortex, which is the thinking part of our brain. So thinking part is our rational thought, our engagement. So the more anxious we get, the more angry we get, the less likely we are to think rationally. And I always give the example of, let's say you studied all night for a test, you feel super prepared for it, but it's a big test, you're feeling anxious, you go in to take the test, first two minutes you're staring at a page and you can't think of anything, that's because your emotions are so high, your anxiety is so high, you can't think, you can't process, and then I'm sure after a couple minutes your anxiety comes down and the information starts coming back to you. So in these games like this, what you're doing is you're activating that prefrontal cortex, that thinking part of your brain by being engaged in the game, by, you know, reading, by watching, by, you know, looking for someone else doing a little happy salmon motion. And so you're activating that thinking part of your brain, and so it makes it less likely that our anxiety is activated, our amygdala is activated, so it makes us less anxious. We could still be anxious, but it doesn't run away as quickly because we're continuously activating that prefrontal cortex thinking part of our brain. It's really funny that, like, 99% of, like, I'm trying to think, the amount of times that you've talked about the amygdala and prefrontal cortex is so high, but it's amazing how much that matters and how much it it's utilized or can be referenced for situations because oh yeah i feel like when you're like a uh, psychology lesson and then that's always part of it but it makes sense why that's always part of it yeah because it's i mean that's part of grounding skills yeah um because like when we, when we talk about like grounding and distress tolerance skills is paying attention to what's around you you're looking for you know five things that you can feel okay where am i looking for because you're you're have even if it's minor you're having to activate and so like a game that we used to play uh or like let's let's say that Whenever I worked with kids a lot, uh, let's say the kids always got upset in the car, they started to fight, or they got really anxious. Um, something that we would do for coping skills, playing I Spy. Because when you're playing I Spy, I spy with my little eye something that is yellow. Kids are looking around. They're, they're actively looking and engaging with their surroundings and activating that prefrontal cortex to look for that something that's yellow or that something with a dog on it, things like that. Or uh, I had a game in my old office, which was, you know, spot five cats. And so they have to go around and look in my office. I had a lot of cats in my office and find five cats. Um, you know, it's common a lot, too, with like PTSD, um, doing grounding activities like that, too. Because, again, if you're feeling really anxious, you're feeling really overwhelmed, then, you know, looking for things, whether it's, you know, counting the red shirts at Walmart or, uh, I don't know, counting the chain while it's at a metal concert, that'll help to keep you grounded. Yeah, it makes sense. And so the game's like this. Yes, it's good to kind of pass the time, but also... It can help kind of keep the calm. And that's not medical advice. This is just for general education purposes only. This is not medical advice by any means, yes. but that's why they can be helpful. Yeah, it makes sense. So the next one after, after the Happy Salmon with the silent version is Kitten Clash, which Nick and Jennifer gave us last year, year before, two years ago. I had coffee. Can't remember. It's been a while. I think it was two years ago. Uh, Kitten Clash is where you basically have a deck of cards. And with that deck of cards, you've got two different, I think it's two or three. It's been a minute now. Uh, different colored cats and you play you play to three stacks and your opponent plays to three stacks they're they're lined up so it looks like a row of three and a row of three 
and you both play at a similar pace. And if there's ever two cats of the same color next to each other, you have to slap them and you get to take, I think, the whole stack, the the two stacks that you slapped or whatever. Um, super simple game, takes like a minute to play, uh, but it's really fun. It doesn't take talking or anything really, uh, but that's another good one that you know doesn't take up a lot of space and you could play it and then let your next opponent play somebody else and just kind of rotate because it's such a quick, easy game. One after that that Haley thought about that I said is perfect is Strike, where you're just rolling some dice. Uh, That one, you would have to have enough light to see the pips on the die, but that's not too difficult. They're generally high contrast, like black and white or something like that. Uh, Strike is roll some dice. You're wanting uh, duplicate numbers to come up so you can take those dice and you want to not run out of dice last, basically. Really easy, really great game. Kind of hard to find, I feel like. I need to find a legit version of it. Uh, Haley put Uno on there. Uno's real simple. Match the color, match the number, play like that. A bunch of people can play. Easy peasy. Everybody knows Uno for the most part. Yeah, a lot of people know Uno. Everybody has different rules for Uno. Yes, everybody house rules it, but... So make sure that you're okay with house rule and get on the same page before it starts to become bedlam in the the basement. Right. Uh, And then the last one we put on the list is Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza. I put Taco Cat Cheese Pizza. It's Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza. Uh, this is another game similar to Kitten Clash where you're going to play a card down and you you just have to say taco, cat, goat, cheese, pizza. Each player, taco. And Haley says uh, cat. And somebody else says goat. And then when somebody plays, it's like when you play the monkey, you got to like pound your chest and something. And I don't remember what it was, but there's these weird, I'm terrible narwhal. at games like this. Yeah, the narwhal thing. But it's something where everybody's focused on the game. It's real light and easy. You don't need a lot of table space. Again, you just play the card to the middle. Taco Cat Good Cheese Pizza is super simple. So we just tried to pick, I mean, that's all the games we have listed. You can get an idea from there of other games that would be appropriate to have. And like uh, growing up, we always had a, uh, the cellar was always stocked. Dad always had water in the cellar, some kind of food in the cellar just in case. Uh, we always had lights, appropriate batteries, things like that. Always had some lawn chairs in there. Not lawn chairs, but like uh, camping chairs, uh, an ice chest. And then we basically always had like an, a, a go bag, basically an emergency bag of here's all of our stuff. And so you could always throw a couple games in the emergency bag because if you're there for a little while, you've got something to do to take your mind off of it, help everybody around you, help the kids, whatnot, and just go from there. Super simple. So be safe during tornadoes. They are terrifying. They are terrifying. But hopefully this helps you uh, do that. So thanks, Andrew, for the topic. We thought it'd be just kind of fun to talk about those things. Nice and simple, super easy. Uh, But now we get to move on to talk about what the worst game would be. And now, join us. So the question for this episode is very simple, as I just gave it away. What is the worst game to bring to a storm shelter that feasibly you would think would be okay, but it's not? Haley? The quiet game. I remember being in my great-grandmother's basement as a child, and there was a tornado overhead, and my dad, who was like 27 years old at the time, so he was a, a young dude, he and my uh, older cousins went outside and sat and watched on the front porch. And then me and my sister and all my little cousins were all like freaking out in the basement because they're like, okay, tornado's coming. We're in the basement. They're out on the porch and we're feeling really anxious and we're upset. And then my one of my aunts says, we're going to play the quiet game. That's the worst game. Maybe it's great for the adults because every all the kids are quiet. But one... If the kids are quiet, all they're focusing on are the thoughts and the sounds around them, which remind them of the tornado. And two, nobody wins the quiet game but the adults. 
Nobody yeah. wins. Well, they don't even win because it's not like they're not like anxious about tornadoes. <laughs> oh no, no, wait, what they? I mean, we didn't even have like who who wins the quiet game. I, I've never played the quiet game in a time whenever somebody's won. Nobody wins. Yeah, that's a bad game. Don't play the quiet game. That sucks. Coming from a, a formerly anxious child. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. What about you, Del? What do you think? Uh, I think it's going to be Happy Salmon, the normal version. Because if you've ever been around a group of people playing Happy Salmon, and you get one group going, high five, high five, high five, Happy Salmon, Happy Salmon, Happy Salmon, Happy Salmon, and it just doesn't stop. And it's like, that would be terrifying. And by terrifying, I mean so frustratingly annoying if you're in a shelter, which is why, for the recommendation, was the silent version. Because the normal version is way too loud and noisy and rambunctious, but the silent version, it's nice and simple. So that's my opinion on that. So you got to be careful if you ever brought that. But you'd, again, you'd have to have ample space, whatevs. But I think that does anything else for the episode. I don't think so. I feel like this was a a really chill episode and also a really short episode compared to the last couple. But I feel like we talked about a lot of things and it was really <laughs> fun. And I'm ready for a nap. I'm ready for some breakfast. I'm freaking hungry, but I got <laughs> I to gotta immediately start editing this and getting all the different stuff done. So thank you for tuning in to the Malthouse Games podcast, episode number 139. Uh, I think I mentioned that in the beginning. Probably not. Uh, If you have a game you want us to talk about or a topic you think we should cover, a question to answer on the episode, or a beer we should look for, you can always send an email, contact at malthousegames.com. You can always find us on all social media at Malthouse Games, M-A-L-T-H-A-U-S Games. You can find Haley at S-Q-U-I-R-R-E-L-Y-G-E-K. That is at Squirrely Geek. You can find me personally at Delton Brack, D-E-L-T-O-N-B-R-A-C-K, but I pretty much never use my personal. Uh, make sure to like, share, and subscribe, all that good stuff. And I think that's everything. Nice short episode, hopefully a simple episode, uh, a calming episode, even though it's about tornadoes, and a fun one. Hopefully don't have to use any of our tornado games this season. Hopefully not. Uh, we will be at Token Con whenever the next episode comes out. So the one after that will be where we discuss Token Con, talk about that stuff, what games we played, what we did, uh, you know, people that we got to see that we haven't seen in a while, things like that. So keep an eye out, an ear out, keep an ear out uh, for that episode. And I'm not sure what next episode will be because our anniversary happens next weekend. Technically, it's just the week after next weekend. A week from tomorrow. Like Tuesday. Eight years, Monday. baby. Yeah, it'll be our eight-year wedding anniversary. Uh, we'll do something over the weekend, probably play some games, probably need to record that weekend to get it done before Token Con. But we will let you know. Um, yeah, so keep an ear out. We're going to have some cool stuff coming up. Until next time. Until next time, sit back, relax, grab a drink, and play some games. We'll see you folks later. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.